0: Hello and welcome to Sensing NICU. I'm Emma, a NICU mum, a peer support volunteer and a secondary school teacher. In this podcast I'll be chatting to people who have experienced neonatal care, mums and dads, friends and families, doctors and nurses, people who in any capacity understand the scary, emotional, uplifting and sometimes devastating journey that time spent on NICU can be. Using the five senses, we will explore the thoughts and feelings that encompass the experience, accessing memories formed by sight, smell, touch, taste and sound that may have, until now, been locked away. This week I'll be chatting to Vicky, a first-time mum who became unwell at 30 weeks pregnant, had an emergency C-section at 31 weeks and then, just a few days into their NICU journey was told that her son, Jackson, had been diagnosed with Down syndrome. Hiya, Vicky. Um, thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. I know you said you've been super busy at work recently, so I really do appreciate you giving up your time. Um oh, no, you're welcome. To come and have a chat. Thank you. So um, let's, just, let's just start at the the beginning. Can you tell us your uh, NICU journey?
1: story and how your journey began please I can so yeah so um I fell pregnant around late 2017 um but I had no idea I had no idea until the end of January of 2018 that I was pregnant so it was all a bit of a rush um always kind of had a, a really strange feeling about it and I thought it was at the beginning because it had been such a shock and I'd missed so much I'd missed my full first trimester and I'd missed you know the early scans and things like that I always just had a really strange feeling I could never really relax especially going to scans went to my 20-week scan again I had that you know that feeling when you're just in that really small corridor in Oldham and I'll never forget um they they brought me in and and Jackson was facing the back they couldn't really see him that well so they sent me out like they do Mm -hmm. get a drink walk up and down the stairs and then come and sit back in the waiting area and so in that time they'd taken somebody else in and bless her I'll never forget her I'll never forget her face she came out crying and she'd obviously quite clearly miscarried um oh bless her and they they walked her out you know in front of everybody and and that just solidified something something's gonna go wrong it was like a a bad omen, a bad start to the day. So I went in and and she was scanning me again. And thinking back, she was very, very low, looking very, very low. She was really trying, I think, get a good look at his face because he was always head down. Right. Um, So I'm thinking, oh, it's quite strange. So anyway, the scan ended. She said, "Um, I'm happy with everything I've seen, but have you ever heard of talipes? So I knew what that was.
0: Right.
1: Josh didn't know what that was. It's clubbed feet. So I said, yeah, I know what that is. She said, okay, well, from what I can see, um it looks like his left foot is is slightly turned in so i'm i'm gonna send you back out and you're gonna meet with a midwife on i went with my pregnancy um and then when i was about i was 30 plus two something like that and um i just became unwell i just felt unwell but i work with children so i know this feeling it was it felt a bit like a viral infection i was cold to touch and i had like sore skin you know when you just feel absolutely rubbish around them i said i'm coming you need to see me now, something's not right. Um, if something's not right with me, then something's not right with, with the baby. Yeah. So I remember um, my partner, Josh, just being like, oh, you know, you, you'll you be all right, but come on, let's go. And I, We lived with his parents at the time and I, I remember these famous last words to my mother-in-law. She said, oh my God, where are you going? Are you okay? So I'm going up to triage. I want them to check the baby. I'll be back for Love Island. <laughs> Finally got up to the antenatal clinic, well, no, to the triage clinic, and they um, didn't put me on a monitor they took me in a side room. Right. Um, which I thought was a bit a bit odd. They finally put me on the monitor. And um I don't know whether it was just sheer panic or just the fact that Jackson didn't move that much anyway. Um, I couldn't feel him. Right. And I couldn't click to say that I felt him and I was getting all panicky. So they calmed me down. They found me a bed on the antenatal ward lesson. They got Josh a bed next to me as well. Mm-hmm. They were, they were amazing. Um, and they monitored me again and they were like, Okay, you you much, you know, you're much better now. And we've got a reading for the baby. Yeah. So that was that. I stayed the night. I was on a drip all through the night, Um, and then the next day, um, they came. They came and they monitored Jackson once again. It always took them quite a while to get a good reading. I didn't know whether that was normal or not. Right. You know, never been pregnant before. I, I didn't know, but I'm not the type of person where I'll ask those questions, especially if Josh is in the room because he's the worrier. Right. So I just was like, "Is everything okay?" She said, "Yeah, yeah. Baby's just a bit sleepy. Go and have some breakfast." so that night Josh went home and I went to sleep I just remember being exhausted and I woke up in the night cold again so I rang for a midwife and said I'm really cold can I have another blanket Mm. just by chance she said let me check your temperature and my temperature was through the roof Mm. so I wasn't actually cold I was really hot that was a theme throughout the whole week I was shivering as if I was cold but I was baking so she went and spoke to the doctor and Mm. um I can be so blonde sometimes like she went and spoke to the doctor and I could hear her saying to the doctor. The doctor said, "Okay, well, pre- take her to the labor world then." I remember thinking, "Oh God, poor cow." <laughs> thinking they were sent to take some woman. They were talking about me. I remember her saying, "Do you do you need do you want me to ring Josh?" And and I heard my phone ring. I said, "He's phoning me. That's Josh. He's phoning me." And as she got me ready and they moved my bed, I heard her get on the phone to Josh and she said, "Hi, it's Kerry. You need to come now. You're going to miss the birth, but he's coming." To put things into perspective. Um, the midwife monitored me at around 8, half 8, and Jackson was born at 8.56. Mm. So that's just how quick things happened. That was a, an epic
0: journey, wasn't it? From, uh, from well, pregnancy to birth and beyond. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. shall we have a bit of a chat about the senses now and, uh, and what you can remember in terms of them? So we always start with
1: sound. So, yeah, so for sounds... The obvious one, the beep in the dun, dun, that is just there. Um, also, the sound of them pulling the aprons out of the, the ah, thing when it would yeah. kind of bang against it, That that is a NICU sound to me. So, you know, the bins that you put your feet on? Yeah. That sounds yeah. like that to me, so it always kind of makes me go like that. Um, the sound of the CPAP as well, that kind of like wishy-washy kind of noise, yeah. that sticks in my head. Um and the sound he used to make when he would cry, it was not really a cry. It was more like a whimper because he couldn't cry because of um, his condition. He, he didn't have the strength to cry. It was it was a bit like a cat. Aww. And I remember the first time I heard it, <clears throat> because I was worried about his hearing and stuff. So I, when the first time I heard him cry, I cried with like happiness. <laughs> I was like, oh, but also a bit sad because they'd made him cry. Yeah. But happy that, oh, my God, he makes noise. Yeah, just... Yeah, especially the beeping. um, But I've heard that many a few times since because we've had hospital stays and stuff like that. But yeah, more so the the apron thing is is a strange one to me. But it's just there because it was.
0: Yeah. I I'd, I'd forgotten about it but as soon as you said it I could completely imagine that sound yeah um anything any songs that you were, you know have you got a song for Jackson Yeah I do it's,
1: it's 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 well I always had a song for Jackson um I always just I love the song Yellow by Coldplay so when you know when you look on your baby app it says oh your baby can hear his sounds yeah. from now so I would play that song to my bump um, but the, this is a funny one. There was um, a song out at the time called Panic Room by a DJ. Right. Um, and it just reminds me of when Jackson was born. <laughs> but I didn't realize it reminded me of that until about two months after when I heard it. Right. And I started crying in my car. It's not a sad song. It's a it's a dance song. Right. Um, it makes me, th- it takes me back. I get that feeling in my throat and that feeling in my Yuck. stomach. And it, it's. It, but I didn't know until two months later-ish I heard it. Um and I cried. Oh. Even now I do I struggle. I do struggle. And also uh Do a Leaper, One Kiss, because that was number one. Right. When he was born. That reminds me, but that it doesn't always make me sad that one. No. But yeah, it's a funny one. Oh, lovely. My brain has blocked out a lot. You would I wish I'd written a diary because there's a lot of things I don't remember. We went in and in some way, shape or form she told us that Jackson had Down syndrome. Um Josh couldn't take it. He left the room. He couldn't, and he he said, "I need to go." So he went. Um, and I sat in the room with the consultant and the because, like I said, I I as much as it something might upset me, I need to know what's about to happen. So they were chatting, and she was lovely. She was so positive about him. She said, "You know, these we as a team believe these children deserve to be born." There was um, a lady that was there. She was an agency member of staff. And um, she'd been with him, and she was chatting, and and she was, she, we didn't, like I said, we didn't have many negative conversations. They were all quite positive, and this was just, just a random conversation. And and I just said to her, "Can I just, can I just ask you something?" She said, "Of course you can." Yeah. I said all these things I've got planned, all these groups, all these lovely things I wanted to do with him. Is it even going to matter? She said, "It matters more." Okay, thank you. So
0: what about if we move on to taste then? Mm-hmm. Um, any
1: foods that you can't stand anymore? Any? There's actually not, to be fair. It's more we kind of just at convenience food, yeah. um, McDonald's. But I do remember, um, and always from the shop as well, but they do really good sandwiches at that shop. I do <laughs> remember that. Um, but I remember that when when I discharged myself from hospital, um, me and Josh just saying, oh, we just want, a, like, a, a chicken dinner, a Sunday <laughs> lunch. So my mum lives on the same street as my auntie, and she cooked one and brought it down for us. Um, it's not that I can't stand it, it just reminds me of that, because yeah. it, we just needed something nice and yeah home-cooked. Yeah. Home yeah. But, yeah, like, like I said, we would um, – I would eat sushi, actually, when I was really? on queue because I was excited that I could eat it again.
0: <laughs> I suppose, well – a lot of people remember the first thing that they had after the baby was born, but if you were having all these tummy troubles, oh no, I had um, an egg egg
1: mayo sandwich. Right. <laughs> I just really fancied one. <laughs> like most women have, like toast or yeah. McDonald's. I was like, I really want an egg mayo sandwich. What about smells? So smells. It's my auntie's house, right? my auntie's house the smell of her house just takes me back to that it um it it makes it gives me a strange feeling i i it, i struggle with it um yeah definitely that um i mean i don't know whether it's just it's because we were there straight after but is it like a, a air freshener or is it yeah it's 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 yeah it's got to be her air fresheners because the house always smells the same right um and like the, the, it's like air freshener, clean towels, right. clean linen, things like that. It's, it really, really reminds me of it. And I bought actually when Jackson came home, these things you put in a wardrobe to make your clothes stay yeah. fresh. And that smells like that as well. Right. Um, it's a very, very potent smell to me. And it takes me right back to that first morning that I woke up. Like I said, full boobs, yeah. no baby, right. it takes me right back. Oh, and does it still smell like that
0: now, right? Yeah, it does, yeah. It smells the same still. And so is that a,
1: is it a bad thing then or is it? I don't know. It's it's probably a thing of where it takes you right back to a time of your life that you're trying to block out, but maybe you shouldn't block it out. Um, What I did do one time is I was in my auntie's house, I was pottering about upstairs and obviously it smells like it smells. Yeah and I actually went into the room where we slept right. when we'd had him and she had like a um, silky type bedding and I went in the room because I thought, I'm going to go in there. Yeah. Don't know why, I just, I'm going to my auntie's house and go where I want. I was a bit like, popped in and was just like, stood there for a minute, just kind of reflected. It's not a bad thing. It just takes me, it gives me that, that panicky feeling. Yeah. But maybe I should no. address it, maybe, you know, kind of just kind of be there. Should we move on to sight now then? I'll be honest, I, and I wish I'd not, I deleted a lot of pictures when I was on Nikki. it was my coping mechanism. Right. Especially ones where he looked very, very frail or unwell or sad. Um, I love the pictures of his first bath. Right. Love them, he just looks so funny on them. <laughs> He's, bless him, and and I remember just looking at him, just thinking, he's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I'd not deleted some, because the hard ones are ones that you look back on, but... Yeah, no, I get it, though. I I had to, I had to do it for my own kind of sanity. Yeah, there's a picture of him where I I did manage to get him to breastfeed once, and Barbara took the picture. I cherish that, because we tried so hard, and that journey was just not for us, so I really cherish that um quite a lot it's not all sad no it's really not it's the the first days are sad and when things happen in between but they are memories and they they're there for a reason yeah um but i I love his pictures and videos the ones i do have i cherish them because i did delete quite a few Mm -hmm. um so i do cherish the ones that i do have the first time they wheeled me in and i just saw blue it was just blue i couldn't see blue objects it was just blue yeah that that is how i see it even i've been back and i associate the color blue with nikki my dad took a picture um which i love that picture at the same time it's a painful picture to look at because it's of all of it it's of me in my gown i'm covered in blood it's jackson it's the whole setup behind him right it's and my arms in his incubator and you i could just remember how i felt in that moment and i looked at my dad and i just burst into tears the sight of the um I always sound really silly, the huge syringes that were in the mechanism yeah. behind them, full of um, the artificial fats, Yeah. Um, anything, any, he was being artificially fed as well, um, any medicines that they were on and things like that, mm-hmm. all of that, that's, that's a big thing for me. Because I, I was just always in awe of this big machine behind him that was just doing for him what I couldn't at that time, mm. thank God yeah. that this exists the transportation incubator that they yeah. put them in when they're born I hate that it's a big you've seen it haven't yeah. You? It's, yeah I didn't see it when he was born I've seen a picture of him in it um, and the first time I actually saw one it made me gasp because I thought that is ugliest thing
0: yeah
1: they transported my tiny baby and um yeah it's just very you'll know you, you notice strange things because when you sat there for hours on end and you're yeah. just kind of rocking on a chair you kind of entertain yourself by looking around and looking
0: at things. We're on to our final sense now. We're on to touch and we kind of cheat a little bit with this one because it can be um, physical touch. So you can talk about the first time you held him. I know you've you've kind of briefly mentioned that. um, But we can also see touch as feeling, therefore emotion. Uh, so it's it's entirely up to you how you interpret that
1: um okay so I'll go for the first time I touched him they uh just said touch him well they say head and, and bum yeah. don't they but they said don't don't try not to startle him so because of how I was positioned it was just on the bum but I remember how hot the incubator is mm. I also remember how it smells yeah his hat going back to smell sorry the hat that he probably would have put one on Ted as yeah. well, that he was born in. I don't know whether it's just my brain, but to me that still smells like it did the day he was born. Right. It still smells the same. I don't know whether it's just my brain playing tricks on it, right. but it definitely does. <laughs> but so for touch, I mean, I don't know if we could, the, his, uh, his box, his NICU memory box, I can't open it. I can't do it. I can't right. touch his clothes. I will do one day. I can't touch. I've kept his first vest that I dressed him in. I just I find it very hard. It's on his shelf in his room and and right. that's it um how I felt the first time I held him, I remember how his skin felt. It was just so thin, mm-hmm. fragile. He was quite wrinkly as well. Um, and I remember how dry I remember how dry my hands were from hand sanitizer. I've yeah. been washing my hands all the time. Yeah. They were cracked and sore for weeks and weeks. They sat me down and they they put him under my top and um I just cried when I held him yeah. and just, I said, I was sorry to him. I just apologized because I just felt like this is the outcome of whatever this has been. You'd spoken to the doctor, you'd been given the
0: diagnosis mm-hmm. and, and that's when ch- things change, isn't it? That's yeah. when what you imagined life yeah. with your little boy would be, became yeah, something gone. different. So, yeah. How does that compare to the first time you held him beforehand and then you hold him and he's yeah. this
1: new boy to you? Very different. I felt like the baby that I'd held six days before, I felt like he died. felt like he just wasn't there anymore. Um, just a, a really strange feeling just holding it, like I said, and just knowing that he's so small, so innocent. Mm-hmm. This was how he was always meant to be. It's not his fault. Um, just needs his mummy and his daddy to love him but just feeling absolutely devastated by the life you've just been given like that life was just in the hands of someone or something else just in a second
0: yeah
1: um really strange feeling very different it took me a while to sort of get get used to it get past that that such conflicting awful feeling of being devastated but loving him yeah. For who he is. Because yeah. when I finally just kind of came around to the fact that he was always going to be like that, mm-hmm. nothing would have changed it. The birth wouldn't have changed it. If I'd have gone 10 more weeks, it wouldn't have changed it. There's nothing he can fight, nothing he can change. He was like that from conception. How is Jackson doing now? He is fantastic. Aww. He's doing so well. He's... um. His, his sign language is coming along amazing he's starting to learn some single words he loves right. nursery um mm. he's absolutely thriving at nursery oh. um got little friends it's so cute he's mm. just doing so well he's just he's just if you don't get me wrong the lockdowns have been really tough on him especially the third one right he doesn't like to be in all the time he's just very sociable and he, he did obviously. He's a very bright, sociable, happy child, but I think we have to strip it back sometimes and realise that he does have additional needs mm-hmm. and does struggle with things. Mm. Um, so we do, don't get me wrong, we do have some struggles with him and sometimes I am reminded that this life is a little bit hard, a little bit harder. Mm. But then I also remind myself that other people have it much, much harder. So it's just, I didn't realise that being a mum would be such a roller coaster. Mm. I'm tired all the time, even though he sleeps well, because I'm just constantly awake, just worrying about yeah. him. Um, he's, he's doing amazing. He's, he's doing so well. We're trying to, like, get up on his feet and stand up. Aww. Hopefully soon we'll get some, uh, some more physio equipment to get him on his feet. He's currently in a, in a standing frame twice right. a day at nursery which he, he doesn't love being in there right but he'll he'll tolerate it's kind of these are the things that are hard though emma he doesn't like it but it's necessary i know and it's awful um, it's, it he doesn't he'll play but they say he manages 20 minutes they take him out of it and he just kind of collapses into their arms because he's Aww. so exhausted Aww. because he, do, he, he does battle with being very tired all the time
0: right
1: but um he just takes everything in his stride yeah. he really does he, he he cried more today having his hair cut than he does. <laughs> Honestly, you should have heard him. Than oh. he does, you know, doing things like physio, and yeah. um, he still gets seen about his clubbed feet, which he has had surgery for. Um, he's had he's had a couple of surgeries to be fair, and he he just takes everything in his stride. Yeah. He's so tough. Oh, and but he's but Nikki babies are tough. They are. They are,
0: and so he's tough. absolutely gorgeous. Oh, he knows it. Though. <laughs> he knows it. Though. <laughs> well, <laughs> Okay, Vicky, thank you so much for chatting tonight. It's been so interesting to hear your story. And as I said when uh, we we chatted before we recorded um, a few days ago, you are such an amazing advocate for the Down syndrome community. So I really appreciate you coming on and taking your time to chat. So that you know, my pleasure. Oh, good. It's something that maybe isn't spoken about enough. No, it's um, it's not.
1: This is why I I kind of like the hard things, Like, but I'm quite ashamed of it, like getting out of the hospital. It needs to be said because somewhere along the way, a woman is going to feel like that and might feel, do you know what, I wasn't devastated when I left hospital. Am I a bad mum? Because I've read so many stories of, oh, my God, I I cried going out of the hospital. I Mm. didn't. (laughs) Mm. Get me out. Just need Mm, to get out. So I think if I always kind of talk as you've probably seen I do talk about not always because I like to be respectful of Jackson but I do talk about the hard things because it's real life yeah Um, and obviously you will help someone along the way
0: that's all for today so thank you for listening please don't forget to rate review and subscribe if you think you'd like to be a guest on the podcast you can get in touch via email at sensingniku at gmail.com and why not follow us on twitter at Sensing NICU. To read about my IVF and NICU journey feel free to take a look at my blog Head of Drama Tales of Teddy. Finally if you'd like to show support for families experiencing neonatal care please consider donating to Spoons a charity very close to my heart. Any amount will be so greatly appreciated. Links to both my blog and the Spoons website can be found in the episode description. Thanks again for listening and take care. See you later.